Hi, I'm Megan Francis. And I'm Dave Kroc. And this is the LifeWork Podcast. In this show, we'll explore what it really takes to build a business while designing a life that matters. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 5.2 of Life Work. I'm Megan Francis here with Dave Kroc. This week, we are talking about pivoting and transitioning either within your business or from one business idea to another, maybe from a day job to starting a business. Uh, we're going to be covering lots of content this week. Today's our Tuesday regular feature where we discuss resources and we share you know things that can help you along the way. I'm going to kick it over to Dave real quick because First, I want to define what a pivot actually is and um, why it's important for anyone who has a business or wants to start a business to understand pivoting and how that might look for you. Sure. Well, I think it's important to realize that almost no business is started and ends up the same way it started, Mm -hmm. that all the things you were thinking at the beginning are all the things that you end up thinking at the end, that exactly the way you intended it to go is the way it does go. Um, All businesses pivot. All people pivot in their approach. And so I think that's important to understand. What a pivot is, is basically any major change, substantive change to some part of your business model. It might be you change your whole product. It might be you change the process to deliver that. You might change the people involved in the way that they interact with it. It could be that you have different uh, different ways of looking at it. You move from making the thing to outsourcing the thing and then organizing that. Mm. So some sub- substantive change to some part of your business model is a pivot. And that happens multiple times. But when you're starting up, it seems to happen a lot. Yeah. So, um, I think that's the, that's the place to start with understanding that that's what you're doing when you're pivoting. Absolutely. So it looks like you've got a st- another stack of books, a stack of books on your lap as usual. Dave walks around with a stack of books attached to his body at all times. I do. I do. So. I basically, I'm, it's surprised I don't run into more things because <laughs> I have books with me all the time. And, uh, I think it's also important to realize that, you know, while you keep resources around you and you study and you learn, you still have to go out and do on your own and that the process of learning and then testing that learning out, that's the process of learning. And that's also the process of starting a business. The idea of a startup is basically a learning organization. The, The point of starting up in the early stages is not to finalize the product, is not to make a bunch of money is not to sell. It's not, that's not the Mm. point at the beginning. The point is to learn at the beginning because when you start, all you have is a hypothesis. Yeah. That's so true. You know? Yeah. And I kind of look at, um, you know, when I pivot within my own business, I look at that as like on the job training, which I don't, cause I don't have a day job. (laughs) I don't get that opportunity for someone else to pay for me to, to learn, but I can pay myself to learn to some degree, even if I'm, even if that pivot isn't profitable yet, it's still an investment in the business. So that's kind of how I look at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So all you, all you have up front is the idea. I think this is going to work. I think these people want this. Yeah. Um, so basically the, the idea is, you know, you start off with finding and developing a customer. Mm-hmm. So figuring out that there are people out there that want something or there is a specific problem that I can solve. I think so many people go into starting a business and they think, I want to build this because it'll be beautiful and it'll be whatever, but it doesn't actually solve something people are looking for. Right. Or it doesn't actually lead people in a direction that they would want to, to pay for or whatever. And so the idea that you have that hypothesis in the process of testing it and moving forward with what you believe to be true or making a change is that idea of 
starting up and pivoting. Mm. And so I think it's important to remain, remain flexible in that process. So some of the resources that I use and that I have leaned on heavily um, in starting up companies and in growing companies or even acquiring companies where I know they've missed the mark a little bit. Yeah. And so they're available. Um, oh, and, and so when I go in, I know I need to make some tweaks. There are a few resources that I lean on pretty heavily for that. Um, one of which is a good, thick textbook looking it does kind look of thing. Just like a textbook. This looks like a, ch- a text a te- <laughs> textbook. It's called the Startup Owner's Manual, a step by step guide for building a great company. And it's it's written by Steve Blank and Bob Dorf, which are, are two great intellectual guys. Um, both have been uh, entrepreneurs, especially Bob Dorf. He's he's made a whole bunch of. Uh, uh, grown a whole bunch of companies there since uh, age 22. And as he describes it, he's built six more companies, two home runs, two base hits, and three great tax losses, as he puts <laughs> it. So some things work, some things don't. But the idea of how to organize the approach to launching mm. is is relatively new. It's so funny because for thousands of years, we've been starting businesses. People have been starting things, but there hasn't really been like an organized approach or almost a philosophy or an academic approach to how do you start a business? How do you find out what people want, get it and give it to them in a way that is helps you reduce risk and whatnot. And so what they've done is they've actually taken just years and years and years of study and experience and sort of built this owner's manual around the idea of how you can grow, start and grow a business with limited risk. So the idea is you're testing a hypothesis. You're Mm. thinking, um, I think that more people would want boats made out of aluminum or yeah. whatever the case might be because it's lighter because this, that, and other thing, or I've seen this issue. I've seen that, you know, every time I try and, and, uh, I don't know, I, I leave my pill bottles out and the kids are in it all the time yeah. or whatever you see the opportunity. And so then you start to test, you start to figure out, okay, can I create something that could solve that problem? And so then you go through this process of finding out who that customer is, what the problem is. And then you look at building something that would solve it. And then after that, you look at building a business around that solution because sometimes the solution is something you're not the right person to build. Well, that's true. And so that's why starting from just an idea, the idea is not the thing. Mm. The, the team and the execution and the business model that you build around it is the thing. That is the thing that will create wealth for you. You can, li- you can license an idea, like if you start a, um, launch an invention or figure something out and get a patent for it or something like that. You could sell that patent to a large company or somebody else can license the idea from you and you can run with it. Those are all ways to do that. But the idea of this step-by-step process for building a company um, is what is found in the startup owner's manual. So um, I, I love this book. It's very thick, but you can you can jump around in here and just grab grab some different chapters um just to to give you an idea um so there's basically two steps to this so the step one is customer discovery so the idea of figuring out who a customer could be um getting out of the building to test the solution um the idea of verifying that the business model works and that the the idea that you have works and then either pivot or proceed and then the step two is kind of the idea of validating customer validation so you get to the point where it, it can actually scale. People will actually buy this in mass. And so then you go from there. So it's really about that early stage building of a startup. So that is the startup owner's manual by Steve Blank and Bob Dorf, which is one great book that I lean on. Another one that uh, is a, is a great uh, sort of treatise in how 
how to grow a business in a fashion that is not too, uh, I don't know, too big business-like. Mm. You don't want the, the behemoth kind of company right. going in. It's called The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. It's a fantastic book. Um, the subtitle is How Constant Innovation Creates Radically Successful Businesses. So again, the idea of innovation and iterating around an idea. So you, you launch, then you test, then you iterate, come up with a different version or make the tweaks you need to make test it again, iterate, and then you fit it to the market and then you scale. I think so many people start a business thinking they have to have it all together before they go to market. And that is not the case. So many companies out there are not that way. Um, and so many companies have had to pivot too. There's some huge examples of companies um, that have had to pivot. Yelp is one that had to pivot. Mm. YouTube is one that had to pivot. YouTube in 2005 began as a video dating site called TuneIn Hookup. <laughs> I don't okay. know if many people know that. I did not know that. No, but so it failed to gain traction yeah. at that point in time. And so the founders sort of scrapped the idea and instead focused on simply sharing videos online. Right. So they, that's a major pivot, right? You think this is the idea that's going to work. They pivoted. They became YouTube and eventually Google bought them. And, and, and I think I had just read the other day that when they first started, so probably not in the very first iteration, uh, but maybe the second iteration, it was they really saw it as more of a way for people to share videos that other people had that networks had created or oh, news yeah. clips yeah. things like that they didn't really see how individuals individuals would would you and maybe i mean it's not a lack of creativity sometimes you just really can't see something like that taking off until yeah. Yeah. it has that cultural collective you know yeah. consciousness thing going on that uh you 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 can kind of see it on the horizon but how would you ever guess right. suddenly that everything would line up where smartphones would make it possible for everyone to make great videos of their own at the same time and you know it would just right. blow up like that perfect example is a couple of weeks ago we had damon brown on the show yeah. he launched an app called cuddler which mm -hmm. allowed peer-to-peer -peer people to get together for non-sexual cuddling yeah basically right who would have thought that that would take off it right. became the number one app in the app store and was yeah. acquired in less than a year after the launch yeah, yeah. crazy yeah so, but you don't, you, you can't always, you can't always solve for that right. or anticipate that necessarily. So that's really interesting. Well, I think about with YouTube, if they had gone out and raised a hundred million dollars for that site and it failed, right. all those investors are out, all of, you know, their reputation, like so many things go wrong there, but because of the fact that they hung in and they iterated to what the market was telling them, right. they became, I mean, the dominant, I mean, YouTube, what is it like, um, YouTube users upload 35 hours of video per minute right, yes. right now across mm. the globe. And they were, they sold to Google for like a billion and a half. Yeah. So that's the difference between a failed dating site and a billionaire <laughs> right. success story. Yeah. 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 So that's a, that's a great example there. So anyway, uh, lean startup by Eric Reese is another great book to, to have in your, in your library. I highly recommend that there's a few, there's a handful of books that when you're starting up, I think, I think you want to have in your corner. One is that business model. Um, I'm sorry, the startup owner's manual. The other one is the lean startup. And then um, this is one I mentioned already on the show, but I'm going to mention it again. It's called business model generation. It's basically a big picture book <laughs> for creating yeah. sort of like a, a diagram. They call it a canvas for uh, creating a business model. Um, they call it uh, a handbook for visionaries, game changers, and challengers striving to defy outmoded business models and design tomorrow's enterprises. And so they kind of use this thing called a, the business model canvas that you can then, you know, put sticky notes onto and in the different areas, these are all the things you need to be thinking about and validating as you're, as you're launching a business. So things like your revenue streams, the, the actual value proposition, what you are proposing to, to deliver to people 
and how that shows value. The idea of who the customer segments are, key resources that you're going to need, key activities you need to be focused on, key partners that you need, the relationships with your customers. How do you, how are you going to handle that? Uh, and then your cost, your cost structure. So the idea of the financial model as well is in there. So this is a great book to have on the shelf, business model generation. And we'll have all these resources, of course, in the show notes. Yeah. Um, great companion to business model generation is another book by the same authors called value proposition design. So how to create products and services that customers want. You're starting with designing a value proposition. You're designing with, you have this problem. Here's my proposition for solving that. Mm -hmm. And by developing that out and proving that you can then move on to building a business model around that. What I love about this book is it's it's two-sided. Yeah. The front side is value proposition design and, and all the, you know, selling the idea of getting this book for somebody it's all bright and colorful and bright and looks cheery cheery look at all yes. that and like a recommendation and everything on the back side it's it's the antithesis <laughs> it's a it's it's a book cover that says value bad value proposition design a guide to burning cash communicating poorly and spending your short life building stuff nobody wants that's what we all want right exactly <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> so this this is the difference building building stuff that people want and having your business take off and having you not miss right swing yeah. and miss or <laughs> burn cash communicate poorly and spend your short life building stuff nobody wants that's the idea behind if you pivot enough and you maintain flexibility throughout the process you can actually grow a business and, or if it's not going to work you can cut off sort of the risk and uh, and not get yourself into a poor situation. So, yeah. Megan, I know you've got some resources I as well. I do. Well, today I've actually I've just got one that's more for the person who is um, who's still kind of considering whether they're going to start a business. So maybe somebody who still has a day job um, or is you know thinking about starting something on the side in that space and. I like storytelling. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm always drawn to books that are that are written that way. And um, the one that I'm recommending is Quitter by John Acuff. And mm. the title is Closing the Gap. The subtitle is Closing the Gap Between Your Day Job and Your Dream Job. And what I like about that is that he has a really, you know, he's a dreamer. I've seen him speak a few times. And he's one of those guys. I think I mentioned him last week, you know, always having trying to tell his wife about stuff and then she'd say how how are you going to do that and and she <laughs> and he'd have so you have to be my wow person because he he needs that right um but his this was his story about having just a regular day job and how he kind of was able to slowly but strategically lessen the the impact or the power of that in his life so that he could move into what he really wanted to do wow, and that's amazing. so yeah i mean it's really you know it's it's a good book for creatives i think or people who are in a position where they're really thinking of starting um service-based business something like that because i think like we've talked about before it's very different if you're looking at launching a product or something where you need to have like a right. team right away or an investment right away you know yeah. there's a difference between that and starting a job or leaving your day job to become a blogger or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a, a guy who designs boats or whatever it is sure. that you want to do. Those are two different things, but um, this is a good, it's a good book for that. It's, it's inspiring read. Um, it's easy to read. He's very funny. So I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. And that's all I got for today. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And John is great to see live too, by the way, he's a very inspiring person and hilarious man. So he's very, very funny. That's John Acuff. So those are some great resources for you on the, the subject of pivoting and transitioning. And, uh, there's more stuff you can find online. One, one great thing to search for are, 
um, look for major companies that have or startups that you know right now that found success by changing direction or pivoting yeah. because there's a lot of them out there. Groupon is one. PayPal uh, yeah, is so another one. I was actually going to bring up Groupon earlier. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, well, that's really changed. I mean, and I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to Groupon when they first started. Um, but my understanding was that it was kind of like just to get people together to do stuff, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah it was motivating people towards a cause. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And now I get Groupon, Groupon coupons for like 64 ounces of mayonnaise. In yoga pants. In my, in my email. I'm not sure I'm thrilled about it because I don't really want Groupons for mayonnaise, but... But it, it does show that whatever they were doing either wasn't able, they weren't able to grow it at the rate they wanted to, or right. you probably know more about this than I do, Dave. But Well, more people wanted, so the idea that people, eventually there was like a transactional element to it. Yeah. So the fact that people could do group buying and drive yes. the price down and it's it's one-to-one, it's not like Walmart going out right. and buying a billion of those mayonnaise jars, right? right? Um, the, the group buying thing actually was a was a more fast fastly adopted thing than people like mobilizing for a cause. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. it was just, they were able to scale it. Yeah. And, but the fact that they actually made that pivot instead yes. of saying, nope, we're sticking to our guns. Well, this is right. what it's going to be. Yeah. And, and I think that and YouTube are both examples of having a model in place that could be used many, many different ways. And right. I think one thing that'd be interesting for us to get into this week, and I know we're going to really dig in on what all this can look like in a business is how do you know when it's time to totally change the model and mm-hmm. use it in a different way instead of duplicating it? And using that, that system that you have or that, yeah. you know what I mean? That yeah. base that you have, because obviously in, for like YouTube, it was a platform. They had a platform. Well, why didn't they just start another site right. to do the other thing? Like what was the reason that they decided, okay, yep. not a dating site anymore. And we're going to totally go in this new direction. We're going to transition this company. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, because it does seem like once you have a platform, you could use it. In multiple, Many, ways. in multiple ways. Yeah, so. that's a great question. Yeah. You know, another resource actually that I do want to mention in here, um, it's not a book, it's a TV show. Oh. Have you ever watched The Prophet? The Prophet? No, yes, I have it's, not. Yes, it's okay. with Marcus Lemonis. It's uh-huh. on, I believe it's CNBC. So if you could search on that, it, it, the, the episodes are also on, I think, uh, Hulu and, and uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon Instant Video, and I believe on Netflix. And uh, you can find this. So the, the entire show is... It's it's like a reality show. And yeah. this guy, Marcus Lemonis, he actually um is the the guy behind the um I think it's I think it's Camper World or one of the larger camp based um physical product stores. And he also has just been investing in small companies around mm-hmm. the country. But what he does on the show is people send in, Hey, our business is struggling, we right. need you to come in and help us. And so what he does, he goes in, identifies whether or not it's worth investing in. He will make them an offer. So he'll write a check for, you know, I'm going to give you this check for $250,000. Right. I want 40% of the company and I'm in full control over what happens next. And then, so you watch the process of people struggling through these issues. What, you know, people that have not pivoted, people right. that have not actually made the decisions they need to make in their business to be successful. He comes in with, you know, having the money is important because quite often what happens when you get to that point is then you're burning cash and right. you're just about ready to go out of business. Well, Aside from that, the things that he focuses on are the people in the business, the process, and the product. So he focuses on those areas where you can make pivots and all of a sudden things can take off. And then from time to time, they'll go back and and talk about what happened with the success story. So I think it's a fantastic inside view at the mind of an entrepreneur at work in a very like mercenary-like way because he goes in and says, look, this is the reality of it. Right. And so just fantastic. Uh, That's great. I'm always a little suspicious of those reality TV shows. Um, I haven't watched this one, but I've seen other 
other business oriented ones mm-hmm. where people go in and save a failing business. And I'm always kind of like, is that really, did that really happen? Is, is, there, is this really the good, good advice or is this just flashy? So it's good to hear that. Yeah. There is, Cause I kind of well, like those. I can, I can tell you like from watching this show and watching what he's doing and the decisions he's making, I agree with them as an entrepreneur. So okay. I, I think that it's a, it's a good, good show to watch. And, and so, um, I, I highly encourage people to check that out. Awesome. Well, we'll have all of these links in the show notes. This is episode 5.2. Um, we're talking about pivoting and making transitions in our business or from not having a business to having a business this week. So definitely check back in with us tomorrow for episode 5.3. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Life Work Podcast. Build your business and design your life with us every day, Monday through Friday. And find us at lifeworkpodcast.com.